You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Yes, I got to go there. I got to look at all of their machinery. They don't make condoms. Sorry. But Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, DRC has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And they also even make these bulletproof vest pieces that can stop AK bullets, which is kind of super dope. And guess what? Snow is coming, and we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything regarding is with snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that is used in bulletproof vests, as I already mentioned. Remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all. They, they're they a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any custom snowplow needs, custom gas- gaskets, custom hoses, and so on at one 800 259 zero zero one zero or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you and cole gets another good righty and another right by cole a left by cole this time tipped in front by mika rentinen he shoots and scars nathan mckinnon Cole J T Comfer 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog collective hugs 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Pod number two for me today. Another live one. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's Evan Rowell. 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 AJ likes to like really go Rowell. So people have fun with it. Good. I I hope you're okay with having fun with it. I'm used to it. It's okay. People (laughs) call me red nose all the time. So fair is fair. This is the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations and head to their express checkout to be in and out in minutes. Or you can go online and order it to get shipped directly to your door. You can use code DNVR2019 to get 20% off your purchase. The Avs are now 5-0 in a game that felt really easy until it didn't against the Washington Capitals. Evan, you got to love the first period at least. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, when you get up 4 nothing, it's just natural that you're going to step off the gas a little bit. So of course. I don't I don't look too much into, you know, what happened the rest of the game just because it's just you're in another team's barn, they're going to they're going to eventually pick it up. Uh they're not going to want to get their butts kicked right the entire game. So, uh yeah, the first 10 minutes was just 
out of control. Every shot was going in. Literally every shot was going in. Every shot. Uh, Holtby wasn't stopping anything. Uh, They were just a machine, and it's it's everyone scoring right now, and that's the that's the beauty of it all. Yeah, is that that's kind of the the craziest part for me is is washed under all of the game. I didn't even mention the first two goals were both defensemen, Eric Johnson and Nikita Zadora, both their first goals of the year. So nobody's missing. No, nobody's missing, and I mean. I look at that Eric Johnson goal, and I think if that was me or anyone else, I would have walked into that and just yeah. wound up and ripped it, and he just let a he wrist collected. shot go yeah. low to the ice. It's just it was a really smart shot and ended up going in, and, you know. And then you got the Zadorov goal, which was the one From of the sl- some other dimension. <laughs> I mean, it was a spinorama. It wasn't the fastest spinorama no. you're ever going to see, but I uh, went in, and luckily he didn't kill McKinnon when he took the shot. McKinnon knew to get out of the way. Yeah. Clearly, he got some hops on that one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they can do a, you know, the PNT can do a vertical. Yeah, on there that you one. go. <laughs> exactly, so. twenty-seven inches of <laughs> whatever off oh, the yeah. ice. But it's it. The best part of it was for me is that they were created by the forwards, but it was a defenseman jumping up into the rush. Right, the Zadorov goal was McKinnon to Ranton and over to Zadorov, and then the Johnson one was Burakovsky and Kadri doing the work. So it's still those top lines getting involved. Absolutely, and even if you watch the first goal, Donskoy is back covering because Ian Cole, I think that was his second shift. Yeah, he joined the rush and he kind of created some space there for where Johnson just had all the room in the world. So everyone's getting involved right now. It's a lot of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, well, let's get back to the goals, but you mentioned Ian Cole. His first game back, obviously, back incredibly quickly. If I'm being honest, he was pretty invisible in the game, which is fine for a first game back off of a double hip surgery, but is there still some process to go there? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was pretty good, but obviously if Ian Cole is invisible, that's probably a good, a good thing. Game, right? uh, yeah. He was plus three. I know he was out there for, like I said, he was he helped create that first goal. Yep. Uh, and Bednar obviously is happy to have him back because it felt like he was on the ice for the last four minutes of the game. So uh, it's it's good to get everyone back healthy. He's a little bit more stable than Barbario, who we saw already one game. He's a, He looked really good. Next game, kind of all over the place. Definitely so. on the roller coaster, yeah. So it kind of stabilizes things, and honestly, I'm at the point where I kind of expect Ian Cole to be Kel McCarr's partner very soon. Yeah, we saw in the Arizona game, Bednar really, really shied away from that Zadorov-Makar pairing, and he didn't have to really shy away from anyone in this game. The Avs, it got adventurous, but they never trailed. Mm-hmm. Even so, EJ played 26, 27 minutes or something yeah. like that, so Bednar still does have that tens- tendency to lean on those veteran-type guys. Yeah, and they, they did bench that Makar-Zadorov pairing towards the end of the second period where... I felt that was a whole team breakdown on that second yeah, goal. I didn't think that was just dependent on, on all, in my opinion, on either of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Kadri went to forecheck, I think, and then Burakovsky and Donskoy kind of got mixed up yep. on covering the third forward down low there. So uh, it was just a whole mix-up, but I think they're still – they're a wild-card pairing. We saw it with Zadorov and Barry, and now you switch Barry out with a, a rookie in Makar, and it's just kind of going to be the same thing. So – I don't honestly expect that pairing to last much longer, and I think Ian Cole's going to be the safety blanket there. Right, and I mean, obviously you want to get Makar that ice time. Six assists in five games, on the verge of, of tying the rookie defenseman record to start a season in points. That's it, 
in a lot of ways, like McKinnon, it still feels like we haven't seen his best hockey as well. Yeah, I, I thought the Arizona game was probably his best game. Last game, you could kind of see he tried to do a little too much. He had a couple turnovers at the offensive blue line that ended up leading the rushes the other way, which is kind of the stuff that freaks out the coaching staff. So uh, pretty scary that he's got six points in his first five games, and we're thinking, well, he's you know he's still figuring it out, which he is, and that's just how good he can be. Right. And the the impressive part there, I think, is is how strong he can be offensively while while still learning the game at the NHL speed defensively. Because certainly the weaker side of his game has been on the defensive end, and that I expect to continue to improve. Mm-hmm. But then at any moment he picks up two assists on you. Yeah, and I think he's he's generally been pretty good on the breakout. The problem yeah. is he'll just kind of make do some risky things for sure which he gets caught with maybe at the offensive blue line so uh you can see he's still helping the team a lot out with the breakout even when he's not at his best and and given that the role he's replacing is tyson berry no doubt they are not worried about the risky moves that he that he tries to make offensively no i think they they know it's coming and they expect it all right let's let's flip over to the my first star of the abs game against washington nazem kadri finally had the breakout kind of everyone was waiting for it really did feel like he got that first goal against arizona and then all of a sudden everything started to flow for him yeah and we talked about it on yesterday's pod that even strength he needs to start producing and he wasted no time doing that (laughs) roughly five minutes (laughs) yeah he had a couple points within the first seven minutes and then by the first 10 minutes he had three points so uh, getting on the board at even strength is, you know, it's probably going to be a big boost for him. Um, he kind of got caved in in terms of possession. I don't know what was going on there, but uh, the play on the Johnson goal is really nice. Just the type of patience he used to to pull up there and create some space. And then, I mean, I know Holpe wasn't stopping anything, but it was a nice shot on his goal. Anytime you go posting in, it, it's a good shot. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to uh, Don Skoy with that pass because. Yes. Full cross ice. If if Kadri has to slow down at all, that goal probably doesn't happen. Yep. Instead, he hits him in stride, and it's a smooth sailing from yep. there. Exactly, and it was kind of a weird game. I mean, obviously Holpe didn't save a single thing, but then Sam Sonov comes in, and immediately on the power play, the Avs pick up another one. Yeah, and really, I think honestly, we. We've talked about McKinnon not being spectacular. So I thought that was probably his best game. He showed the signs of dominance that we kind of expected. And it wasn't really off the rush. It was just more his puck control in the zone, things like that. And he did it on the power play. He didn't get an assist on that goal, but he played a b- pretty big role in it. But, yeah, I mean, four goals in the first ten minutes. Uh, I mean, I guess you could technically have better starts, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, <laughs> right. And McKinnon did end up with two points in that game at the end as well. Yeah. So so it did shine through a little bit on the score sheet. And once he gets that, he technically hasn't really beaten a goaltender yet. Yeah, he had right. the empty net goal, and then he had the tap in behind, uh, was it Halak? Yeah. For yeah. his goal. So I feel like once he actually gets one past a goaltender and blows it by it, the floodgates are just going to blow open. Yeah. It, it always does feel like McKinnon is on the verge of just exploding, right? It's It's hard to contain a a skill like that yeah and continuing down the lineup the avs depth finally the the real depth the third and fourth line weren't quite as effective in this game 
I would say the fourth line in particular maybe disappeared a bit more. They still kind of do their thing. In a game like this, it's hard to read into the metrics, right, because mm -hmm. of the score effects are so big. But you did see Tyson Joe stand out in that bottom six. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it sure sounds like Bedner is committed to him being a center and he's uh proving that to be the right decision. Yeah. Um a really smart read on that goal that really I mean that goal pretty much ended the game. It it killed Washington. Yeah. You could feel the momentum just die right at that point. So uh that line had good shot metrics even with the score effects coming into play. So uh, I think that line did a lot. The fourth line has slowed down, which you could you're not expecting your fourth line to score score two goals every three games. So yeah. uh, it's expected to be there uh, that they're going to slow down. They're still grinding it out. Obviously, they're looking to uh, be play a big role in the penalty kill. All three of those guys are playing on the penalty kill right now. Yep. Uh, Belmar's faceoff struggles are a little bit of a surprise at the moment because yeah, continuing. He's uh. That's kind of what he was brought in for, and you know he lost the faceoff right before that Ovechkin goal. So uh, you hope to see that improve, and I mean, given his history, you you expect it to turn around pretty quickly here. Yeah, Avs faceoffs have for a long time been a reason that I drink. So time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Today we have the Avalanche Amber for you. What better choice to go with when the Avs are five and zero? It just makes sense, doesn't it? They also have a number of other beers, whether it's the Strawberry Sky that we talked about earlier today on the DNVR Sports Podcast. Really, you cannot miss with these guys. Pick a beer of theirs, and I have enjoyed it so far. And even if you're picky, I guarantee they have a beer for you. You cannot go wrong. You just have to find the right one. So you can keep an eye out for Breckenridge beers at your local liquor store. Or keep an eye on thednvr.com for our Breckenridge event calendar where we have all of our game parties planned. In fact, we have one coming up tomorrow. The Avs are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is on NBCSN, so it will be broadcast to everyone. And we are heading over to the Ice House Tavern to watch it. It starts at 5 p.m. We'll have a ton of Breck brews there. We'll be hanging out. We'll be drinking. I will 100% be there. Evan is going to try and make it as well. And we're even going to have guys like I think Drew Creaseman is coming as well. It's just going to be an awesome time that we can celebrate the abs and, and try to keep that team undefeated, hopefully, as McKinnon faces off against his buddy Sidney Crosby, which always makes for a good time. All right, we'll get to Pittsburgh in a minute. I do want to stick with this Washington game and, and where the abs are right now a little bit. Philip Grubauer gave up three goals made some very nice saves to secure this win but the Avs did have to lean a little bit on another offside challenge to to secure it at the end yeah and it really was a fairly obvious offside call it to was. the point where almost it seemed like half the guys on the ice stopped playing right they did uh which you don't want to see uh especially given how open Carlson got for that goal you don't want to see that uh the players just give up but uh, Grubauer, it's been a something that has continued to start the year. He just gets better in the second half of a game. Yeah, uh, and he looked great again yesterday when he wasn't trying to poke check uh, <laughs> right. anyone. And which you know, I know AJ already jinxed it. He d he brought it up the other day that he hasn't been doing that this and he year. Went and for it twice and lost against his old team, times, yeah. where they kind of probably expected that yeah. to be coming. So uh, he got burned there, but 
everything from Grubauer so far this year has been very encouraging and uh, very calm and net and locking it down when he needs to. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with the Avs being a better team in the third period this year. It's they have struggled to hold their leads, but again, I said this on last show as well. I think they've never actually relinquished the lead once they've gained it. It's gotten to tied, but they've never fell behind. When you can, I mean, you want to be in in control of all your your destiny, and that's what the Avs have been doing yep. all season long. So, uh, and they've been doing it when they probably haven't played their best. They haven't played a full sixty minutes, so to be able to just turn it back on is a good sign, but also a sign that there is room for improvement. It's nice when you can basically play 20, maybe 25 minutes of a game against a team that won the Cup two years ago and still win 6-3. to three. Yeah, and doing it early in the season is fine. You'd rather they not be doing this at the end of the season because then you'd be a little bit worried about how yeah. this is going to translate to the playoffs. But to be able to get these points when you're not playing your best is – a real boon because kind of separates you because the central division right now is not looking too great. And really, you a lot of teams are struggling. Dallas was supposed to be good, and they do not look good right now. Uh, Minnesota, or yeah, Minnesota, we all obviously, obviously expected them good. to be yeah. poor. Chicago really hasn't played that many games, but they haven't looked great either. So uh, we all expected five teams to come out of the central division, and it could still happen, but so far it's not been as good as we probably expected. Yeah, and you know, the Blues clearly proved that at any moment you can turn it around, yeah. but Nashville is really the only team outside of the Avs that is off to the start that everyone looked at them and said, yeah, this is what they should be doing. Yeah, and Minnesota got their win yesterday against Ottawa. Yeah. I don't know if anyone actually cared that that game happened, so uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it counts, but I guess technically it counts, but it doesn't really count what, that much. Was it worth it to give Minnesota their first win so that Edmonton could lose – and the Avs are the only undefeated team remaining. Yeah, I guess I looked at the strength of schedule, and Edmonton's got one of the weakest schedules so far. So uh, what the Avs are doing is a heck of a lot more impressive than what Edmonton's doing. So it's nice, but, uh, you know, let's keep it going. Yeah, the Avs being 5-0, and three of those teams were playoff teams last year, including Boston being a cup finalist. Yeah. So they've had some legit wins on the schedule so far. And Washington, who I picked to be in the uh, finals this year, who uh, I need their goaltender to figure it out at this point now. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, do you just go with Samsonov or Samsonov? It's Samsonov. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's only been – I guess they've everyone has played more games than the F, so it seems like it's earlier in the season than it right, is. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll – he did this two years ago when Grubauer took over, so yep. it's, I think as long as they make the playoffs, he'll probably figure it out. He just takes time off until it's playoff time to win games that matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real veteran move, like Colin Wilson <laughs> yeah. taking all the camp off. It's in preseason, <laughs> basically. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about that conversation as well. With Cole coming back, it was thought that Comfort was really just day-to-day, -day, but now he's been put on the IR Nichushkin has seen his minutes reduced pretty significantly, so that's the assumption is he's going out and Confer will come in when he's ready. But on top of that, with Joe's playing so well at C, there's a lot of questions right now in, in how the Avs' bottom six starts to shape up. Yeah, and the other wild card in all this is I don't think Jonas Donskoy has practiced in, like, a week. Yeah. He just continues to miss practice because he's so beat up. Yeah. So 
having this many extra forwards is kind of a benefit there that they might be able to give him a night off if Comfort's actually good to go. Might just replace a right shot with a right shot there. Um, and he's a winger. I guess that's where Comfort, it would seem, would be going back in. So it gives you that benefit there. Uh, it would make sense that Nchushin's the guy coming out. He just, after those first two games, he's looked a little bit more like the guy last year. They couldn't score any goals. He missed a couple chances yesterday. He's getting the puck taken off of him very easily on the rush, which you wouldn't expect for a guy who's – if you ever stand next to this guy, he's an absolute monster, <laughs> and puck should not be taken off of him that easily. So uh, Comfort replacing him makes a lot of sense, assuming everyone is healthy, and uh, it adds, a l- I would say, a little bit more skill and finishing ability to that line. Is this it for Kamenev? Uh, even if Comfort comes in, they need to waive someone – would it would they consider Nuke or is it really just Kamenev that you're staring at there? Sure doesn't seem like it's gonna be Nachushkin, just given they're playing him they've kinda of taken him off the power play, but he's playing on the penalty kill, so it would sure seem like Kamenev's in a real tough spot and given how much they like Bowers, uh I'm not sure that there's much of a future for him here, but all it takes is a couple injuries to get in the lineup and prove your worth. Uh most teams don't carry 14 forwards, so what the Avs are doing right now is a little unusual. Uh, and the fact of the matter is the guy's 23 years old. I, he probably start needs to get into a couple games here at some point. I do wonder if the Avs start to look at a conditioning stint and see yeah. if that's a possibility to get him some games in. Uh, and if nothing else, maybe that gets some value up around the league. Uh, because I could see somebody giving up a, lo- a low pick for Something, him. Something, yeah. The, the old, oh, he was totally hurt, needs to yeah. go to the AA. It's a good <laughs> prospect who's had some bad luck. Yeah, there's some very, te- very There's got to be some team around the league that's thinking that. So, Yeah, and you know, even if it's one of those scenery changes type trades or something, you get something out of it is better than just him wasting away on the bench all year and then going unsigned. Yeah. And I like Kamenev. I, it's really unfortunate that he continues to get hurt. Uh, it seemed like he was finally figuring it out in the NHL last year, and then his shoulder blew up again. And it's just now he's back to square one on an even deeper team. So it's a tough situation for him. Uh, right now the Avs kind of just have an abundance of forwards, and he's in a tough spot. So uh, they could realistically just hold on to him as long as they want to. It's just a matter of, do they want to do that or do they want to try to get some value out of this? All right. So let's just kind of close things up for this Capitals series. The Avs get their first road win. Obviously, the first period is a huge positive. Where can they stand to improve the most? It's. I mean, it's tough yeah, to say because, like it's I said, it's, pick. Yeah. you're up for nothing. It's just natural that you're going to step off the gas. It looked like yesterday was going to be the game where the Avs just kind of take over and blow a team out of the water and it didn't happen that way so um i would say i mean i guess maybe stepping on the throats of the other team when you have the chance to uh for nothing is a pretty good indication of that but uh just playing i guess play smarter they kind of loosened up a little bit in the second period um it would be nice if zadorov could stay out of the box Uh, i know i realize he's getting some big man penalties but his stick was pretty parallel yesterday so I'll say this. If Zadorov is going to go into the box against that Washington team, make it count because they were running around on the abs a little bit when it got out of hand, and, and Zadorov can end that with one big smash. Yeah, it, uh, 
they definitely turned up the physicality and it seemed to turn the game a little bit. Uh, Wilson was taking some runs. Ovechkin got Gerard. Yep. Very clean hit. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but that's stuff that can turn around the game, and that's what you want Zadorov there to do. Uh, you don't want him taking hooky penalties because you can live with the physicality right. penalties. Exactly. So we'll go ahead and call the second segment there. We'll come back in a second here with what to expect out of this coming Pittsburgh game. But first, you know what's so great about our DNVR family? Not only do we have that watch party coming up, but we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in the best condition, go to houselift.com. Houselift can assist in eliminating all of the stress of the remodeling process, and they can show you how to maximize your profit. Get this, there are zero upfront costs from you if you're thinking about remodeling with Houselift. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing all of the costs. Here's what you need to do. Head over to their website or Facebook page. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for other homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has helped put up to $60,000 back into their clients' pockets when it comes to remodeling and then selling the homes. You can call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. All right, final segment here with Nathan and Evan. They've handled Washington, gets the monkey off the back a little bit, winning the first road game. So that's pressure's off there. Being 5-0, and oh, you can afford to kind of handle whatever this road trip throws at you. And right off the bat, that's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and nationally televised game. Everyone can finally watch the game. Yeah. Uh, Sidney Crosby versus Nathan McKinnon. You know, I said that's probably his best game, and you would mentioned that he's probably going to be pretty hyped up for tomorrow. So... I would anticipate that he's going to have a big game. You know, we talked about it a little bit last podcast. Pittsburgh's kind of beat up right now, but it yes. hasn't slowed them down at all. They scored 14 goals in the yeah. last two games somehow. Uh, a bunch of guys I've never heard of before. So uh, that's typically how they do. They, they usually find these guys that come out of nowhere and just become big, uh, big scorers for them, just like Jake Gensel just kind of blew up a couple years ago. So uh, that's what the Avs have to look for. Sidney Crosby is playing very well. Uh, I think he's pretty sick of hearing about McKinnon and McDavid being the best <laughs> players in the world. He doesn't want anyone to forget about him. He's off to a really good start there. So uh, the Avs can expose that defense that they have just because it's a lot of uh, no-name guys and Jack Johnson, who nobody really wants. Might so as well be a no-name guy. Yeah, might as well. I mean, he's got <laughs> a big big contract. But uh, the Avs can definitely expose that, and given the way that things are going, they can expose it four lines deep. So. Uh, right, I think the, the four lines deep is the key there for me. For for years and years, the Avs lineup would look at the Pittsburgh lineup and go, we're going to get bopped by that depth. But now, not only the Avs depth and familiarity with the team and guys like Kadri and Burakovsky coming from the East, but Malkin out six to eight weeks, or is, maybe it's even longer than that, I forget, but Malkin is out. Just says long term. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so... Either way, the Avs don't have a number one center playing as their two, or rather the Penguins don't have a number one center playing as their 2C 
And the Avs now have a very, very real 2C and a second-line winger that has gotten off to a very strong start. I, uh, I'm i ready to eat crow on Burakovsky. Yeah, I yeah. was not a big fan of that trade, and right now I can't say anything really bad about him. He looks great. He's uh, he's shooting the puck, which yeah. he needs to do. He's got a big-time shot, and he's been very, very good with the puck. There was a play late in the game yesterday where he had the puck along the boards in the third period. He could have panicked, uh, just whipped it out the boards. He just waited, let the play come to him, and then he got it out the at the zone, Kadri for an easy exit. So uh, just simple plays like that. They don't seem that big, uh, but ultimately they do kind of play a big role in, bi- in good teams being good. So I've been very impressed with him, and uh, I guess the issue with him has always been consistency, so you just hope he can keep this up. Maybe not a point per game, but at least keep up right. the play. And, and it's certainly a, a stark contrast when he gets put on that second line and put in situations where his teammates clearly trust him as opposed to playing next to McKinnon in training camp, and McKinnon's like, I don't know. We're not doing this. Yeah, and you can see he's confident, so you wonder if that's been an issue for him over the years. Obviously, the coaching staff in Washington, his ice time fell pretty dramatically over the last few years, so just finding a coach who, and Bednar said a lot of nice things about him, so finding a coach that can that will you know hype you up a little bit and get you going is maybe something that he needed. Has he said as many nice things as he has about his long-lost son, though? No. I mean, <laughs> not really. Uh, no, Nobody beats Shane Bednar. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, right. Shane's got to be, like, babysitting his kids during training camp yeah. or something, right? But I don't know if Bowers is old enough to babysit yet. <laughs> yeah, he's 20. I mean, you c- I babysat at 16. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bedner's kids got to be a little older. That's yet. true. They're <laughs> they right because Calvert babysat him back in the day. Anyway, back on topic. Pittsburgh is a weird team this year. I don't really know where they are as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned because they seem to be coming off the downhill from their c- previous Cup runs a couple years ago. They've made some interesting choices with signings. You already mentioned Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. They have Tanev for eternity. Yeah. yeah, Gabranson. Um, but as you said, you know, even with some of these guys, they are just pouring pucks into the net, and the abs have certainly been weaker on the defensive side so far through this season. Yeah, and I think Sullivan just has to play an up-tempo game where he knows that they're probably not going to lock anything down. So just let your offensive guys to go to go to work, and uh, like I had mentioned earlier, they keep finding these guys that kind of come out of nowhere that add some depth scoring for them. So uh, a lot of people did expect them to maybe take a step back. Um, I haven't heard much about Galchenyuk and what he's yeah, even been doing either. there. Yeah. Uh, I know the big plan was to have him play with Malkin, but I have not heard a whole lot about him. So really don't even know how he's doing there, but uh, – when you have Sidney Crosby, I guess that kind of cancels a lot of things out. Yeah, turns out one of the best players in the world kind of just carries you sometimes. Yeah, um, unless you're Edmonton most of the time. Well, I mean, this year so far so good. Yeah, maybe this is the year. <laughs> hey, look, if Edmonton wants to get into a wild card spot, I'll take that matchup if I'm the Avs. Yeah, with their entire, all their wingers that no one's ever heard of. So eventually you think that'll fall out. So They've already handled Mike Smith once, so... I mean, let's make it happen. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Either way, though, you can 
I think we probably picked a good game for a watch party, given the two very high-octane offenses with a lot of scoring capability there. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's uh, I mean, the Avs are a confident team right now, so you just hope that they can continue this, and uh, I, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think this Eric Johnson, you know, it was the first game he's played 27 minutes. I don't want to see that become a regular thing yeah. moving forward just because that's the type of thing that can just – wear him out and eventually potentially lead to an injury there. So got to keep him uh, a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, not as as busy as he has been, or at least he was last game. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on, but uh, should be a fun game. Like I said, Pittsburgh plays an up-tempo game. We know how the Avs like to play. It should be at least exciting and a good national – is it rivalry night? Technically, yeah, even yeah. though this isn't a rivalry at all. But a rivalry whatever. between two guys that drove a Zamboni through Canadian yeah. City this summer? Literally trained together and our best buds. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a real battle. Um, all right. I do think some of that EJ stuff, was it a little bit of protecting Sammy maybe after he gets run by Ovi? Uh, and it could have been protecting Makar too because yeah. you know, I'd have to look at the ice time, but I think Makar only played like four minutes in the third period too, mm-hmm. so – uh bednar gets a little overprotective when he you know he trusts certain guys and i think that might have come into play yesterday i'm not sure eric johnson needed to play 27 minutes in a or mckinnon played 25 minutes Uh, in a game that you were up for nothing at some point so uh, i'm not sure that those minutes were necessary but you know i guess he's gonna do what he's got to do to win the game Uh, the idea is he doesn't have to do that to win the game but very true i don't think he needed to but i you know, coaches, they like to feel – they like to put the guys out there that they trust, and I think that's just what happened. Okay. The Avs are still undefeated. I'm going to say that every single show until it's not true. Final thoughts, the rest of this road trip, anything you want to shout out with the Avs? Uh, not really. I think uh, Francis is probably going to get one of these games this weekend. Uh both those teams are high octane. I think it'll be either the Tampa game or the Florida game. I'm not sure which one he's going to get. Uh, either way, he he looked good last game, so you got to put have some faith there. Other than that, I mean, we said three and three would look good on this road trip, and they're off to a good start. And uh, let's get maybe aiming a little higher, four and two. Oh, hey, I mean, it's been a long time since I've looked at something and gone the next day and said maybe it's actually better than we thought. <laughs> so yeah. Definitely a good feeling as we're teaching Drew Creaseman, let's do that hockey. <laughs> we're going to get out of here. Thank you, as always, for listening to the live viewers. An extra special thank you and, and hello to the camera. Uh, we'll be back next week with another live show. We'll be back tomorrow at some point. I don't know. We'll figure it out what time we're doing it with the, the live watch party. So if you can't catch the podcast, just come down and talk to us in person. But Thank you for listening, and you will hear from us tomorrow. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. 
But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirits staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.